Hello there. I am Mr. Eternally Optimistic, and I'm so grateful to be vibing with you at this moment in time. My only intention here is to be a better reflection of love, to just show up and be love itself, because the high call of us all is to walk in love. There's obviously a story here, and it's actually a love story with everything unfolding in divine order over the course of my lifetime. The story starts some time ago with the rumor out there that I'm 57 years old, but that may not be totally accurate depending on which perspective you choose to follow. Regardless, there's no disputing when I came out of my mother's womb and the father that assisted and helped me get there. My parents decided that Lehman Scott III was a fitting name for me after my father and grandfather. Of all the places in the world I could have made my grand entrance, New Brunswick, New Jersey holds that distinction. Being born into a working class family with a huge extended family helped shape my core ego identity. I was the middle child with an older sister and younger brother until my second sister altered that dynamic 11 years later. Midway through my childhood, we moved to Somerset, New Jersey, which was basically right next door, but nonetheless seen as an improvement, especially considering my parents had just purchased their first house. I learned to appreciate this move because it entitled me to a different perspective on life other than the one I had seen up until then. Fast forward to the ripe age of 18. uh, After graduating from high school, I joined the United States Army where I made stops in Fort Knox, Kentucky, and Fort Lee, Virginia for training before heading to Neubrook, Germany for three years, then eventually finishing out my term in Fort Hood, Texas. I'm so grateful for all of the people that I met from all over the world throughout that journey. Although I may have possibly been indoctrinated by the Pledge of Allegiance, I'm pretty sure the college fund was the reason I enlisted. But I do feel fortunate and proud to have served my country, though. Despite my intentions to pursue a degree with my military benefits, I hadn't actually applied to any schools prior to my discharge, though. This could possibly be described as an absolute case of procrastination or everything was simply in divine order that I was to attend Kane University in Union, New Jersey, as that was the only school available to me that accepted applicants mid-semester January that year. It was the perfect school for me because of its ethnic and age diversity. There, I decided to study in the humanities with a major in psychology and a concentration in philosophy. It was all about self-improvement and how I fit into this celestial equation called life. At one time, I thought I wanted to become a clinical psychologist so I could help people, which would have required further schooling, though. I didn't know it then, but my greatest desire was to be courageous enough to break free from the fearful adaptation of myself, which was based on my ego. One of my greatest learning experiences at the time didn't happen in the classroom, though. It was an apartment fire that forced me to fall from a third story window, along with my then girlfriend, regrettably also a roommate and a cousin who both suffered burns while running through the fire. The result for me was I knew that a voice had tried to guide me away from this situation, but I didn't listen well enough, and that's why I suffered three compression fractures in my back, along with a broken ankle and wrist. 
This situation certainly opened the ears of my soul, though. But it would take me many years to realize that even in such a tragedy, everything was in divine order. There is just something about a near-death experience that alters your perception of reality. And that's exactly what happened for me, as it set me on a path to understanding the expression, beauty for ashes. It would take many years for me to fully appreciate this moment, though, and realize that I was like the great sequoia tree seed, which sometimes doesn't open until it has gone through a fire. I did have to take a semester off to heal my broken bones, but it would take much longer for me to heal my wounded spirit and for me to completely understand I could go through fire and not necessarily smell like smoke. One thing is for certain is that this incident changed the trajectory of my life for the better. I did manage to eventually get my degree, but my desire to continue my education had waned. At the time, I let my next steps be altered by the nature of a capitalistic society. So I embarked on a sales career and moved to Atlanta, Georgia. At this point in my journey, I'm in my early 30s, working as a sales supervisor in a call center when I was confronted with the task of motivating my sales team. The problem was that they didn't believe that they could sell the prospects that they were given. And I believed that too partially as I was just in their shoes recently and understood how the data worked. Regardless, my job was to motivate the team, and I took that role very seriously. And when I look back on it now, the thing I like most about that job. So the night before, I was thinking about how I could get my team motivated despite their doom and gloom attitude. And after some deep reflection, uh, meditation and praying, I just felt like I was being asked if I could be optimistic. It was that guiding voice I had come to know all too well by now. And in the midst of this newfound comfort, I blurted out, I'll just be Mr. Optimistic. And right there is where I guess I was created. The next day, I told my team that I had changed my name and that they couldn't call me Lehman and that they should call me Mr. Optimistic for the day. And I was going to write a book and that I was going on the Oprah Winfrey show. Well, despite the loftiness of it all, they bought it, and we had an amazing sales day. Despite the circumstances, upper management even recognized us for our efforts on the day. It would still take some time, over 20 years, but before I would fully evolve, but I was clearly on my way to becoming. Originally, I wanted to start a website or a toolbar under the name Mr. Optimistic, but it never fully materialized. But being a stay-at-home dad did. Four kids later, and a cross-country move to Bellevue, Washington, which was prompted by my wife joining Amazon's headquarters, where she set out to break down barriers for women in corporate leadership. It had always been a team game for my wife and I, and this is how it worked for us and, and our family. Through all the diaper changes, school concerts, and sporting events, I never lost sight of Mr. Optimistic, and clung to the idea of sharing my thoughts with others, although not yet fully realizing everything would be in divine order. Another goal I had since college was writing a book, and after reading many children's books over the years, I decided to write one of my own. The inspiration came while walking my daughter home from school when she picked up a dandelion and blew on it. And in that moment, a true father-daughter connection occurred. I just watched an Oprah Winfrey show, which had some lady talking about chicory roots, 
which was in the same family as a dandelion. And they had the same benefits, like how it was edible from top to bottom and it was full of vitamins and it cleanses your liver. And you can even make dandelion wine and tea. Additionally, I had been inspired listening to Eckhart Tolle talking about his book, A New Earth, which was about the true life force that was in all living things. However, what probably facilitated the action to write my first book, The Dandelion Queen, was when one of our best friends stopped by with her daughter. And I started explaining all of the benefits of the dandelion after another one of my patented Google searches. Then, to my shock and disbelief, her daughter, Isabel, said very emphatically that it was a weed. I don't know why, but I just felt like I wanted to defend the dandelion. My thought was, how could you put down the true life force that was in the dandelion? Maybe it was because I likened it to myself, knowing some people have similarly looked down upon me failing to notice the altruistic true life force that was within. But unlike me, the dandelion had no ego and thus had no deluded image of itself. And I admired and wanted to be like that. Evidence again that everything is in divine order, having been given this last catalyst that inspired my first children's book. The story is about a little girl who wanted to find a beautiful flower for her mother on her birthday. But she didn't realize the dandelion was a beautiful flower until the dandelion queen showed up and explained the true nature of the dandelion to her. I went on to write a second children's book titled The Dandelion's Wish, which was an attempt to go a little deeper into the nature of the ego and to express my wish that the dandelion should be called the compassion flower, which in some way would be like me putting more compassion in the world, especially if someone called it the compassion flower. It's no coincidence I wrote the book under what I presume to be my pen name of Mr. Optimistic. Then 2020 and COVID came along and turned the world upside down, which led to some people turning against one another. All of the dissension, discord and disdain was truly unbearable. While difficult, I clung to the belief that I had held for a very long time that the high call of us all is to walk in love. And love was defined by 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It gives and forgives and so much more. While I wouldn't say I'm a religious person, if asked what I follow, that in a microcosm would be it. If love is the fuel for all of our actions, works, and ultimately our souls, then gratitude is the, the, the glue that holds everything together in the chaos, uncertainty, and ebbs and flow of life. It wasn't until I learned to be grateful that I was able to grow exponentially. I started taking what I would call my 20 minute walks of gratitude. And by finding something or thinking about being great, finding something to be grateful about or just being gratitude itself. Eventually I felt like I was being guided to start the One Love United Foundation to share and spread a simple message to just show up and be love, which again is the true high call of us all. I recognize that that is easier said than done as it's complicated by the human condition, the egoic nature because of its need to separate label and judge and much more. I developed a pretty good understanding of this from all of the self-help books I've read over the years. In my continued quest for self-improvement, I started practicing hot yoga more regularly 
after a chance doctor visit about my knee led to the revelation that my blood pressure was like 180 over 100. I now know why they call it the silent killer because I was still active and didn't feel sick. But the numbers don't lie. And all I can say is I'm thankful for the sign. But once again, everything is in divine order, because if that didn't happen, I don't know if I would have changed my approach to life because that was when I became became determined to change my mindset from thinking, just thinking that I had no choice but to accept what was happening to me, to take an action to resolve and rebuke all of the physical repercussions of that accident so long ago. 30 years ago, to be exact. Now, last year, my birthday fell on Easter Sunday, and that may qualify for a miracle because that was the first time ever in my lifetime, which I didn't know was possible as I thought April 17th was too late for it to fall on. Coincidentally, the last time it came on that date was 62 years ago. It was just the timing of it as I was at a crossroads with an aging body and mind, but my spirit was being renewed. So I assumed that Jesus Christ was fully risen in me and that I was going to change my name to Mr. Eternally Optimistic. And so I did. My first name is technically Mr. A lot of people thought I was crazy. Well, those closest to me anyway. And all I kept saying was I felt inspired and called to do it. Most people I met, though, seemed to generally love my name. And if you were one of the people who specifically said, I love that, I'm so grateful to you for saying that because it helped me become stronger in my new identity. And that's the beauty of it. Most people recognize that same part of themselves in that moment, that divine spark that is in us all. When I first thought of starting the One Love United Foundation, a good friend of mine said to me that I should start a podcast. It may as well have been a whisper because it actually took some time for me to remember him even saying it. It was actually after a happenstance encounter with someone in South Beach, Miami. I had just gotten my license changed and was eager to show off my new name when they suggested I start a podcast, which, again, I didn't pay much attention to. Now, fast forward about six months and it's the first day of spring. I was golfing with my son, Bryce, and we got paired with another twosome. And after my introductory greeting, which I began to enjoy by now, they said, you should start a podcast. And like the old saying, the third time is the charm. It stuck. Once again, I know everything is always in divine order. I'd recently finished listening to A Course in Miracles, the audible book. And now and I now knew this was how I was supposed to show up and be of service to others. When I got home from golf and I told my wife, I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to start a podcast. And the wheels were set in motion. Actually, the wheels were set in motion long ago, and this is just a completion of sorts. I remember thinking back to my college days that I would take money but never wanted fame, and I tried my best to live quietly in the background where I could go unnoticed. The problem there is it was a fear-based mentality, and my ego was content with that from its past conditioning. But my heart knew its true calling was on a higher level of love, And I finally believed the message that my light should be seen, not hidden, as it aligns with the highest truth. Now, when I introduce myself as Mr. Eternally Optimistic, it's more symbolic of who I am in the present moment. I still get questioned occasionally, but I am quick to point out, well, 
that's who I want to be. And if we ever meet and the name is too long or you don't want to call me Mr., you could just call me Mio for short, M-E-O. So here I am many years after my journey began to be given an opportunity to use my voice to help people show up and be a better reflection of love. I am simply amazed and humbled to know everything is truly in divine order. That's all the time I have for now. So thanks for vibing with me today. I am Mr. Eternally Optimistic. And all I'm truly hoping for is for the world to be one love united.